to a lot of people, we would be considered insane, out of our mind, careless, reckless, and naive. Those are the people who will never realize their true potential by pushing themselves to go outside of the box. My wife and I are taking a huge risk by leaving everything behind and starting from scratch. We are tired of the more is better mentality. The, I need a better car, I need a bigger house. Look what the neighbor has. You know, life is not about things, it's about experiences. You can't learn new things with other objects and things. The only true way to test yourself see how far you are capable of going is by taking a step out of the box, giving everything up, and traveling, or going on experiences, or taking experiences to a whole new level. My wife and I met each other in 2011. Well, let's rewind a little bit before that. I'd like to get into my story a little bit. I guess you could call me the comeback kid. In 2010, I went from... I went to rehab in 2010 for a heroin addiction and pretty much anything else. I was a wreck. I was walking hand in hand with the devil, and in 2010, I decided I had enough, and I requested to go to rehab. When I got out of rehab, I went immediately to woodworking. No, I didn't. I only technically, when I got out of rehab, I was lost. For a little bit. I wasn't doing drugs, but I had no idea who I was or what direction I was going or what I wanted for myself. It was about three months in to four months in after rehab and going to outpatient programs that someone suggested that I get back into an old hobby, which was woodworking. I did so thinking nothing of it, and then it ended up consuming me. I spent hours, probably 16 to 18 hours a day in a wood shop. Not even a wood shop, it was a 10 by 10 shed that I put a lathe in, which is something to turn wood bowls on and stuff. And I would turn and turn, I basically cut off everything except for my outpatient program. I then brought one of my woodworkings into an outpatient program and they bought it. One of the people bought it and then I got more requests. So then I rolled with it. I come from a long line no, I don't. I think my dad owned his own business. My dad did own his own business. I don't 
with his parents for four years. But my mom and dad own their own business, and I always knew that I wanted to work for myself because I wanted to be available to my kids when I had some something. So I started doing woodworking. I turned bowls, I turned pens, I made back scratchers, pizza cutters, baseball bats. Anything you could think of making on a lathe, I was doing it. And then my mom helped me. I have, by the way, I have the most supportive parents in the world. I would not be where I am today if it weren't for them. They are... My mom's a saint. My dad's always been there to help me do things and make things. And my mom got me through school. I have learning disabilities as well, but that's a whole other story. My growing up wasn't pleasant. Anyways, my mom helped me get into some art markets. And I did amazingly well. I sold out faster than I could make stuff. I kept going, trying to keep up with demands, but now I see that wasn't why God put me in that situation. At one of my last markets, oh, okay, that's rewind. My first market, I saw this beautiful blonde girl. I didn't say anything to her because I'm a big guy, no confidence didn't realize I had a lot to offer people, but I always, she always caught me looking at her. After a while of being caught looking at her at the markets, one of the last markets I was doing, I saw her crying, and I, I remember asking my dad that morning, I wonder why she's crying, I hope she's okay. So that day, she caught me looking at her more than normal, just because I was wondering if she was okay and if she was feeling better. And then this beautiful blonde came over and talked to me. Um, we just started talking. She was in a really bad mental place, and me being me after going through all this stuff and doing heroin and smoking drugs. And, just being in a just a dark place, I, I was surrounded by light at that point, and I was just beaming positivity and good vibes and inspiration, and so I lifted her up that day. We became best of friends in 2010, then in 2011, I got the chance that I never in my life thought I would ever get started dating. It was history after that because the day I knew her, the, day, the first day I saw her, I knew I wanted to marry that girl. Never thought I had a chance, a snowflake's chance in hell of being able to marry her. But I knew that that woman right there I could definitely marry. This was without knowing anything about her, by the way. Total shallow personality. But... After dating for three months and being friends for a year, so 13 months total, I proposed to her. I wanted to take her off the market faster than you could 
take an elbow, tickle me elbow off the market back when it first came out. She... I took her to the Rio National Monuments and I proposed looking out over the ocean. I even got a picture of it because I just told her we went there for pictures and I put it up on a try a camera on a tripod and I snapped a picture of me proposing to her. Never in my wildest dreams did I think she'd say yes. She said yes and a, a week later we found out she was pregnant. We both didn't even hesitate. We were excited that she was pregnant. Oh, and by the way, I was on unemployment at the time. I have no idea what she got with me. I was on leave of absence, trying to get my life together. After I found out she was pregnant, my fatherly instinct kicked into gear, and I said, I, I went out and got a job. I was a temp. I defeated all odds. I got hired by a company, World Trans, that never hires temps. They, don't, they, had, they hadn't hired people in 10 years. They were just using temps. They told me I'd never get hired on full-time. The first day I got there, I was only going to be a temp, so don't expect too much. When they told me that first day that I wasn't going to get a job and get hired here, I made it a personal objective to get hired there. I worked just with my normal work ethic. I was taught by my parents and picked up from... And I got a job, I was hired full-time, but that required me working more, being more physical at work, which led me to being tired when I got home. But I stuck it out for a whole year after my son was born, and then I hurt my back. Again, they put, I was put on leave of absence, unemployment, until I got better. In this time, my wife, Ramona, started face painting just to bring in some side money. She just really tried to do it for fun with uh, my brother-in-law's brother's wife. She invited her to do it. Ramona comes from an art, artsy family with an art background. And so she said, she liked, she said, yeah, I'll try it. She bought five little face paints, Wolf face paints. Big shout out to Wolf. You've made my life and our career. Um... She bought five wolf face paints. She did that one thing with her friend, with uh, Patty, and she fell in love with the art of face painting. She loves to be artistic and she loves kids. So we immediately started, I, my brain started going, the entrepreneur in me kind of took over. I started, I don't know why I did it, but I posted ads on Craigslist for face painting. I don't know why we went that direction with Craigslist. Um, but she took off. She charged, originally was charging $20 an hour, which is mind-boggling, considering face painters charge $175 for two hours. We slowly raised it to $30, $40, $50, $60, now we're at $65 an hour. Wow, I fast-forwarded way too much. Anyway, she was doing face painting. It was time for me to go back to work. And the weekend or two before 
went back to work, she made 600 bucks. And I knew right there that the job I had wasn't for us. So I left that, I left that job, sold a car, and bought two jumpers. And we, we officially became a party rental and entertainment business. A year into the rentals, I was booking parties before I even had the equipment. I would book parties before we even owned tables and chairs. Because I knew if I booked a party with tables and chairs, I would be obligated to buy them and build this business. We continued to do that. We were up to 20, uh, 15 tables, 150 chairs, and I realized I didn't really love what I do. I'm a kind of person that needs to love what I do for a living, or else I just can't do it. It's spiritual suicide to stick with a job that makes you miserable and unhappy for the rest of your life. That's never really been my thing. I've never really uh, been a sheeple. I've always been my own person and followed my own path. So, my wife brought up the idea of a petting zoo. I laughed because she wasn't really an animal person, but she knew I loved animals. Boy, was that the biggest mistake she ever made. Three pigs, 15 rabbits later, we've, we've tried ducks. We tried a bunch of different animals, and then I narrowed down my specialty, uh, my, my area of expertise, per se. Five years later, I have the most hands-on and exotic petting zoo in San Diego. The petting zoo took off, by the way. I skipped that part. I was doing it dirt cheap, 120 bucks for an hour and a half, with a fence that I had to stake in the ground, and it was just, it was way more work than the rentals. But I stuck with it because I love my, I love animals and I love kids and I love making people happy because that brings me joy. We stuck with it. I eventually outsmarted that old stupid gate and got a gate that is amazingly easy and perfect. Um, but then I realized that everybody, there's a bunch of petting zoos that have pigs, ducks, chickens, and all that stuff. And I realized that wasn't for me. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't something I thought was cool enough. Our, our business is so successful because we are unique in the sense that we specialize in certain areas. My wife is now ranked one of San Diego's top three face painters. Um, she should be ranked number one, but no one will compete with her, LOL. Um, I decided to get parrots. Never owned a parrot before in my life. I got Sunny. Sunny I got when I originally started petting zoo. And Rico. Rico was a, a yellow, I mean a, a Mexican red-headed parrot. And Sunny's an Indian, yellow Indian ringneck. Both birds known to be jerks. But I've always had a way with animals, and these were the nicest, coolest birds that anybody could hold, pet, and love. We had to get Rico 
Puerto Rico because we had a child. Our second child was born. We had my wife got pregnant again. Our second child was born. When she was an infant, Rico would just scream and yell. But I found Rico a, a home with somebody who just lost the Mexican redheaded parent. So we gave Rico away, and I was feeling defeated because that's what made me unique was parents. No one else had parents. So I bought a hedgehog. We had a hedgehog. Another huge, just great idea that just took us out of the box again and made us a, an anomaly in this industry. Um, about a year ago, I I wanted another bird. Um, a bigger bird. I wanted a massive blue and gold macaw. Oh no, I wanted to become a falconer because I wanted to fly falcons at parties. But I figured out becoming a falconer would be an undertaking like no other that I just couldn't take on when running a business. So I was like, well, if you can teach a falcon to fly and come back to you, you can do that with any kind of bird, right? Wrong. You can only do it with a few different types of birds and one was a blue and gold macaw. So then and there, again, I took it, made it a personal challenge to find a really good priced blue and gold macaw baby that I could hand raise and teach to fly. Everybody again thought I was nuts. I was I was nuts for leaving a job and starting a business in the beginning. I've always kind of been nuts in the sense that I'm a gambler, I'm a go-getter. I go with it. I get an idea and I run with it and I keep throwing shit against the wall until something sticks. And when it sticks, I focus on what I'm good at. A lot of people in life, they will see a fault in their life or somewhere where they're not good. So they try to go and do that and make that better. So they want to have a balance. Me, if I'm not good at something, fuck it, I'm out. If I'm not good at something, I'll go a different direction and focus on where I'm good at. Because if you really want to grow and expand your life, you're not going to do that by doing something you're not good at without having to work way hard and maybe not even be good at it in the end. But if you just go all in at what you're good at, which is for me is people, kids, talking, um, promoting. I'm, I'm just, I, that's just who I am. I like making people happy. I like getting out there, putting on a show. So I bought this, I found this blue and gold macaw that had an infected toe that somebody was going to put down, or breeder was going to put down. It was two weeks old. He told me he would take 800 for him. And then when I got there, he wanted 900, even when he had an infected toe. But you know what? I, I took it on. I didn't care. I was going to hand feed this bird every two hours for 24 hours a day until it could feed itself. I was going to somehow make money and pay for the surgery by the way our business isn't about getting rich we never were in this business to become wealthy we quit our jobs I, I mean we started this business yeah I didn't like what I did I was making $15 an hour but I wasn't home with my kids um, I, my son at the time I, I didn't have a relationship with my son because when I got home from work I was tired and exhausted I wanted nothing to do but sit down and so that was, an, uh, that was the big factor that really pushed me to start my own business. Um, and back up my wife. I, I backed up my wife. I went all in and supported my wife. She loved face painting. She wanted to do face painting for a living. 
and I wanted to support her in that. I wanted, I wanted her to be, wanted her to feel like she was a contributing member of the family, like she set out to be. And she wanted to have a job. She wanted to have, uh, you know, her own thing. So I went all in, and we built this business for each other and our son. And anyway, we've always kept our prices low because my business philosophy is when you keep your prices lower you have longevity a lot of businesses go under because they want overnight money and they want it they watch they just want to charge ridiculous amounts when they first step their foot in the door that's not how business works you crawl your way to the top and luck only comes to people that have put in their work like I see a lot of businesses open and close because they start at what other companies start their prices at. And that's not how it goes. If you want to take over an industry, you take out that industry by taking all their business because you're a better value. You know, I was knocking out, I was getting hate emails from other rental companies and other entertainment companies because they said I was whoring out the industry. And I'm sorry, but I didn't know business was about being fair and helping other people support their family, you know? I mean, yeah, support your family. However, uh, you gotta be competitive. It's not like everybody's just gonna walk you through life. Business is competitive. And I, I set out to take over the industry. I, I set out thinking I was gonna do everything party from weddings, bar mitzvahs, to quinceaneras, to, to anything, anything. And, uh, I never got that to weddings or quinceañeras or actually I did do one wedding but they had the expectations of kid table and chair rentals anyway um, 